This week on Ultra 64, it's one, two, three baseball episodes and we're out because we are playing bottom of the ninth, triple play, 2000 and a third one. Mike, Mike Piazza Strike Zone. Shit. <laughs> Welcome to Ultra 64, where we only play the most memorable games. I think that was the first time where you forgetting the name of the game in the intro was not a bit. No, <laughs> no, that was not a bit. No, I did just, I, I, I was blanking. There were just a bunch of generic-ass baseball games. Um, this is the sh- on the ass. <laughs> this is the uh, comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Uh, we, uh, each and every week, are taking a different Nintendo 64 game and playing it. Uh, and that's about all we do. I mean, basically, if you think about it, really, in life, it's kind of all we do. Uh, my name is Steve Gunling. Fresh from spring training, I'm Woody Siskowski, and I was going to do a hilarious announcer voice, but I dropped the bit right at the beginning. Fuck, I, I, I didn't feed into the <laughs> no, bit at no, all. No, I gave okay. you no room. I gave you no room. No, uh, who's joining us today? Uh, it's Dan Reese, and i got to say I'm really glad that we are done with that bit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> come on. For those who want to hear us do an irritating announcer voice for the entirety of an episode, <laughs> check out our all-star baseball episodes. It was, or, it was cute for about five minutes. Or stick around until we do the hockey one, where we do the whole thing, but with French-Canadian accents. <laughs> Oh, it'll be great. Wait, we have more hockey games? We do have more hockey oh games God. coming up. We have more basketball. Yeah, we like have... You're designing these games, Steve, and like programming them in secret to keep foisting them on me. <laughs> uh, I secretly want them to play more shitty hockey yeah. games. Yes, I'll make another three. Let's see. Skates of Fury. That's one. Uh, ice, Ice, maybe? Zamboni That's another Mayhem one. was a real winner. <laughs> Actually, Zamboni Mayhem sounds like a pretty I want to cool play Zamboni game. Mayhem. But we're not playing Zamboni Mayhem today. No, we are playing three baseball games, and that is, and I'm going to get it right this time, Mike Piazza's Strike Zone, Triple Play Mike 2000, Piazza's Pizza Plaza, <laughs> and and Bottom of the Ninth. Uh, so three. these are the three baseball games that just didn't fit in with the other baseball games we played. Previously, we did play the Ken Griffey series, which was a Nintendo-produced series, so it was very high quality, a lot of fun. Then we played the All-Star Baseball games from Acclaim, which were a step down from Griffey, but still quite good. We actually revisited... Some of them a little bit before playing these because it had been a while, and we're like, yeah, these are these are good. These are yeah, not bad yeah, at all. Yeah, we play All Star Baseball 2001. Looks very nice, yeah, um, and, it, and it plays plays pretty well. Plays um, basically <laughs> like the show, yeah. And, which show? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, we can't yeah. get married with children. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Press A to get in argument with Lorelai. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that would be like a, a timed button press game. The dialogue oh, so yeah. fast on that show, it'd be like a Parappa the Rapper it be, situation. It'd be, uh, it'd be like a Telltale game, but they only give you a couple seconds, like to make your decision. <laughs> you just sit around drinking coffee the whole time, right? Wasn't that the deal? Yeah, yeah. Actually, well, and they, they, they the yeah, they go to Luke's diner, they harass him. Yeah, it's great. I don't know. It's I great. saw the, uh, the they were uh, they they never had any coffee in those cups. Like you can see when they're gesturing, they're just carrying around empty cups. You know, you know, if you had to drink like thirty cups of coffee for a scene in a TV show. Based on the speed and energy that those characters act on, it's probably good that they didn't have a bunch of coffee. Yeah, no, they did. It's just that anytime there's a pause, that's them fitting in 30 lines of dialogue. So you just can't hear it. Do you Um, think that us talking about this will get us on the Gilmore Girls search engine optimization? I'm like definitely going to add the metadata for this for Gilmore Girls. People searching for Gilmore Girls are going to be very confused by why we're coming up. 
Um, so let's start with our first game here. Uh, we are going to be talking about Mike Piazza's Strike Zone. This was released June 28th, 1998, developed by Devil's Thumb Entertainment and published by GT Interactive. Devil's and lucky Thumb. us, this is an N64 exclusive. <laughs> Devil's Thumb. Devil's Thumb. Uh, I, I had to do some deep digging to learn a little bit more about Devil's Thumb. Uh, the company was founded in 1995 by David Jones as a subsidiary of his other company, which was called DMA Designs. Today we know that as Rockstar Games. Oh. Uh, so Devil's Thumb was run by uh, Tony Harmon, and for reasons that have been lost to time, or at least to the internet, the company butted off DMA and struck out its, on its own within a year. Um, this was their first game. They also did another game called Tides of War, which is a nautical RTS game for the Windows. Um, for the Windows. For the for the Windows. And uh, the company was bought out by GT and then p- promptly shut down. And Harmon moved on to be president of Real Time Associates, the creators of the, our beloved Rugrats games that we've uh, oh, yeah, talked we about many so times. So very much. Uh, GT Interactive. We've talked about GT before, but as a little refresher, uh, GT was started in 1993 as the video game subsidiary of Good Times Home Entertainment. Uh, and you may, uh, that may not ring a bell immediately, but you'll probably know, you working in a library, what do you especially know? They were the people who made those really cheap 45-minute animated knockoffs of popular movies. Like, so, around the early 90s, they had Aladdin, they had Beauty and the Beast, they had, uh, like, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Little Mermaid, all these things that had public domain titles that they would callously package and uh, market to your grandmother who doesn't know better. Were these live action or were they very cheaply animated? They were very cheap animation. uh, And uh, because of this company, there was a lawsuit. Disney sued them like because Disney doesn't own these properties. They're all public domain. But they said that the company was intentionally trying to misrepresent themselves. So now... They have to say, well, not now, they're not around, but they had to change their, all their box art to just say Good Times Entertainment presents Aladdin. Good Times Entertainment presents Beauty and the Beast. So Disney won that lawsuit? It seems like it's a, they, they, it seems like a hard thing to establish. I guess they've got Well, maybe their yeah. animation was, well, yes, A, they probably do have good lawyers, and probably the animation was similar enough mm. that it was like, oh, that he's got like little purple baggy pants yeah. and a little monkey buddy. Well, it's <laughs> obviously trying to bite into that market. It's oh, trying I mean, to appeal to people I, I who like, I just feel like yeah. it could be obvious, but it's also, uh, it, there's been a but lot it, of Aladdin stories. Yeah, if there's enough taken from the Disney one. Sure. Like, yeah, I think, it, I, I, I think they needed to make it legally similar, like on the shelf. I don't know. Which is why you also see, like, all Disney movies are preceded by Walt Disney Pictures Presents. Like, so you mm-hmm. know it's going to be a Disney movie. Um, so yeah, uh, Good Times Entertainment, yeah, because of that lawsuit, they lost that. Um, but GT Interactive, their video game subsidiary, found immediate success when it opted to publish a tiny little freeware title called Doom. Uh, so they were the first publishers of Doom, which basically gave them license to print 1993 bucks, which is, uh... <laughs> which are worth more than 2020 bucks. It's true. So. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and they would go on to produce Doom 2 and Quake and a bunch of other hits for id Software. Hexen, their biggest hit. They produced that. <laughs> I have played a lot of Hexen. Yeah, have you? I don't know what you're... We'll, we will be playing Hexen eventually. Oh, yeah. That's still on the it's system. It's not a good game. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. Uh, the company would go on. They would find some niche success with the Oddworld series. They had a hand in developing Twisted Metal... Uh, but in 2000, Infogram bought them and added them into their fold. And then when they went under, Atari bought them. So Atari owns it now. They go under the name Atari Incorporated. And pretty much all they do now is just produce those Atari flashback compilation oh, discs. Yes. That's kind of all they do now. But they're still around, technically. 
All right, let's talk about Mike Pizza. Mike Pizza <laughs> Piazza. Uh, he's one of the bigger baseball players of the 90s. How big was he, Steve? Uh, oh, God, big as a mountain. I, I hear he and his uh, his blue ox babe would tromp across the wilderness, clearing paths and delighting townsfolk. And they would open up a, a plaza. They would, they would open up Piazza Plaza. Yeah, Piazza Plaza, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's one of the few players uh, that we've talked about on the show that I've actually seen in real life. So, shockingly to everyone listening, I have he's not been to a lot of baseball games. Shockingly, he's secretly my dad. <laughs> he might be. I don't know. I'm a, I'm adopted. I don't know. Yeah, I could. It very well could be. Uh, I just like to assume any famous person who's roughly my my well, Steve, adopted we have, dad's age. We have age. a special guest for you on the podcast <gasps> oh today. Oh my goodness! My dad? No, that's just your dog. Donald <laughs> Sutherland. Oh my god! Enter the perfect Donald Sutherland impression. Dad, who's got can it? You do a Donald Sutherland. I talk very slowly and like a weird. Like I'm underwater or something. That's how, that's how he greets his son. <laughs> it's it's either Donald Sutherland or the turtle from Neverending Story. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> I'd be happy with either of them as my dad. Um, so Tommy, uh, uh, no, Mike Piazza. Yeah, I actually saw him uh, at a minor league game for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. Uh, they he came down and I don't know. I think he was doing a favor for the owner or something. Uh, uh, played a game. And he looked very bored, very, very bored. He didn't want to be Did there at all. Did he hit, like, eight home runs because he was playing in the minor league? Oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, I know he was catcher, but, like, I, I don't remember how well. I wasn't super paying attention. Sure. Uh, but it was not a fun game. Um, so, yeah, uh, Piazza was active from 1988 to 2007, and he is considered one of the best offensive catchers of all time. He actually has a lot of RBIs for a catcher, which is actually pretty unusual. And uh, he was known for being very versatile. Um, so he was born in Philadelphia. He was the son of an incredibly wealthy used car magnate who used his cash and influence to convince Tommy Lasorda to give Mike a shot in the MLB draft. Luckily, Mike was actually really good. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't just nepotism. He did prove himself. Um, so this game we're playing today came out in kind of a weird period where he was floating between three different teams. Like, I don't really know the deal. I think he was just getting traded around a lot. So, depending at the time you played this in 1998, he was either a Dodger, a Marlin, or a Met. Uh, I think he was only a Marlin for like a week or two. What, what is a Met? It's a, a, it's a metropolitan. Oh, okay. Okay. I, they're it's, just named after the fact that they are based in a large city. And But the other team, the okay, the Knicks are just based on pants. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like the Knicks should be obligated to wear those wear knickerbockers like yeah. while they play. No, New York is is a, a huge like cultural center mm. and they have the stupidest names for their sports teams. Yeah, the that's Jets, true. The Knicks, it's all terrible. And Sorry, one more, one more question, what is a Dodger? It's a Oh, uh, no, they're do they're dodging the rail cars. Back in That's when, a real thing? Yeah, okay. See, I keep trying to make up fake answers and you the, have real stuff. The, and that's a, like that's a real thing. Like they were uh the, they were the people who would jump out of the way of the streetcars. Interesting. Which Brooklynites were known for then, I guess. And I guess that's uh, these, interesting. these weird names just prove like how far back these baseball yeah. teams go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same with the really racist ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those also demonstrate that. Yeah. Uh, so as a player, uh, Piazza had his greatest success with the Mets. He played with them for seven seasons. Uh, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2016 based largely on his career with them. He's a 12-time All-Star pick. He was named Rookie of the Year for his 1993 season with the Dodgers. And he's been called the best-hitting catcher of all time. Uh, he famously scored a game-winning drive in the first baseball game played in New York after 9-11. So he was kind of like a, a, a hometown hero for a little bit after that. 
uh, his jersey for that game actually sold for more than a million dollars at a charity auction. Uh, As far as personal life stuff, I always like to dig into that. He's been dinged a few times for performance-enhancing drugs, like some speculation, but nothing proven. Uh, Devout Catholic and a hardcore metalhead. Apparently, he's the godfather to Zach Wilde's child. A wild child, if you will. Catholicism is a very metal religion. It super is. Oh, my God, yeah. Blood of the Saints and everything like that. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It is odd how, um, like, there's a lot of sort of religious like hardcore religious like the what's the guy who's the main guitarist and singer for megadeth oh dave mustaine yeah dave mustaine is a hardcore christian is he really yeah oh i didn't know that that's an interesting dichotomy i don't know uh i also found this one little thing that made me laugh in that 2003 he made his debut with the miami city ballet where he played a hitman i would want to know what dancing uh yeah well no i don't think he danced uh i think he was there supporting his daughter who's like very active in it but he kind of had a cameo on stage where he walked out and played a hitman and then left that's pretty awesome yeah you really should have danced he should have danced yeah he should have danced and one more note because there's a there's a very weird moment in uh baseball history and in his career really so he had a bit of a rivalry going at the time with the yankees pitcher roger clemens uh during the 2000 season so Clemens had actually been Piazza with a fastball during a game, which gave him a concussion and kind of forced him mm-hmm. to sit out a few games. Uh, and then in a World Series game, Clemens was pitching to Piazza, who connected, shattered the bat, and the barrel of the bat went flying to Clemens, who caught it and then threw the bat at Piazza while Whoa. he was running. Whoa. Um, that seems like the sort of thing that not only gets you ejected from the game, but maybe the sport. <laughs> It was kind of crazy. Like, uh, you could see, I watched the replay footage. You could see Piazza, like, screaming out, I thought it was the ball. I thought it was the ball. <laughs> like, he may have honestly just gotten confused. He's I don't been know. He's baseball his entire life. He can't tell the difference between a piece of broken wood and a, I mean, and a ball. You watch baseball more than I do. Does this happen a lot? Do the bats shatter? Do they. Sometimes the bats break. I mean, the thing that you're describing, like, a piece of the bat yeah. toward the pitcher. That could happen. The idea that a pitcher who interacts with the ball more than any other player other than the catcher mistaking a piece of broken wood for the ball? No. Yeah. He, he was mad and threw a piece. I, I don't know. I don't know this particular incident. I would I would check it out. I mean, even the commenters, like, during the game were like, that was blatant. That was blatant. Yeah. And he's screaming, like, they had to break up. Like, it, it didn't lead to a fight, but Piazza came at it him. and they to a lawsuit? That <laughs> yeah. seems like assault to me. No, they, they let everything go, and wow. they kept playing the game. Uh, uh, but maybe, that's... maybe he didn't hit him with the bat when he threw it at I'm him. I'm still but... assault if you try to hit somebody. That was, but... that was just kind of one of the weirder moments, because you, you were talking off mic about about the uh, the the Randy Johnson uh, pitching into a pigeon. Yeah, look that up. Look, yeah, look, look up Randy Johnson kills dove. You yeah, you don't even need to look it up on on YouTube. Just just add just add gif at the end, and uh, you'll get an incredible looping image of a ball turning into just a cloud of feathers. Yeah, yeah, and this is just one of the. This kind of reminded me of that. It's just one of those like weird freak things that just yeah. kind of happens. You couldn't really predict, but he totally chucked a bat. In my <laughs> Um, All right, so this game is one of the lowest grossing games on the system. It only moved about 60,000 units, and I think it had the bad fortune to come out just one month after Major League Baseball with Ken Griffey Jr., which had all of Nintendo's marketing muscle, and All-Star Baseball 99 had been on the shelves for two months at this point, too, so it was just too little, too late. Uh, This one couldn't really compete. This is about, I mean, in the scope of baseball games, this is about as little as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, oh boy. Okay, let's talk about this game. Uh, I think you can't really get into talking about this game without talking about how fucking ugly it is. Like, this game is dismal looking. Uh, it's muddy and dark. Really so washed out. Games on yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Muddy and Dark could be the name of our podcast. And this is muddy and dark even by that standard. Yeah. It's The characters are all just so flat like there's no features on yeah, any uh, it, on any of their designs it almost seems intentional but there's they, like they'll do their little cinematics where somebody like the batter's walking up to the plate and they just put the camera too close where you can see like there are no eyes on this face like, oh yeah want to spend a couple minutes and code in some eyes i don't know <laughs> well it's a reference to the 1954 french expressionist film eyes without a face so you know that's that's i appreciate that they're doing that you know for all the criterion collection heads out there My, mike piazza secretly a fan of the french new wave oh yeah yeah <laughs> definitely yeah you you can tell just looking at him uh, the, the 400, the 400, when he, when he practiced, he would um, make 400 swings, 400 blows. <laughs> One for each of Truffaut's blows. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, he the, would only play day for night. No, I'm kidding. The other thing I, aside from just how crappy sort of the static images of this game look, I feel like the animations almost look worse yeah. because they all look, they all look super canned. Like, they're not any sense of that they had a real person and sort of map this. Mm. Like, the clearest I, example is a character will sort of move their elbow up and down while they're holding the back. Oh, yeah, like um, they're trying to fly away. Yeah, but, and so, like, that's kind of like a little tick that they probably got from, like, the real way that mm -hmm. that batter holds his bat. Right. But it's so consistent and programmed in the character that it looks just totally unnatural. Yeah, yeah, And even though the way they look, there's just sort of, you can kind of, like... It's like the essence of someone walking, but there's no smooth animation there is that it actually looks like someone walking. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, they, they all have what could best be described as Mobius knees. <laughs> like, they're twisted in these hugely unnatural angles. Yeah. It looks like they're all trying to learn how to shit standing up. Yeah, somehow people are able to stand facing forward with their feet behind There's their stomach. Strange. Yeah. Which, that is a very difficult way to stand, let alone get any power in a swing. Again, like, I reference this movie more than anyone else on the planet, but there's a 1996 movie with Charlie Sheen called Arrival about aliens, and the aliens in that movie, they look like humans until they reveal themselves by making their knees go in the opposite direction. Oh, 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 oh don't it's, do that, no. It's gross, it's gross. They, then they walk around like crickets. Uh. But, uh... That that's what I think of every time. Like if I see a bad poly polygon, I'm, I kept thinking of that movie, watching this and those knees. Yeah. yeah it w I mean, so there was definitely just the the shapes were very wrong. There was also just some really lazy textures over it. Yeah. So you like it just looked like the, the te there was almost no texture. So if somebody's wearing a white uniform, it's as if there's you can't tell if there's any shadow. There's no shape to the leg. It's just a shape up there. Pillars of salt, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the tofu from Resident Evil 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, a couple of modes we have here. I mean, so this does have the full MLB and MLBPA endorsements. So we have real teams and real players. Uh, and all their stats are from the 97-98 season. Uh, they have a stamina meter, which you don't actually see on screen, but it kind of controls how well your pitcher's doing, so you can swap them out. But, like, I, it wasn't clear to me where... That's been a common thing in baseball games for a long time, is sort of this idea of your pitcher getting tired. But yeah. it took a long time before they figured out how to make that clear and consistent and it's like oh you just start playing worse but that's yeah. not a very satisfying way well and if you don't have 
we haven't really talked about the game controls. If you don't have a lot of control over what the hell is happening when you press the button to throw the ball, it doesn't. You're not going to notice that, like in the seventh inning, your pitcher is getting worn out because you never, you're already throwing wild. You never every time. were throwing well, right? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, base standard baseball modes, right? We have like an exhibition. We have a it's World a home, Series. It's a home run derby. All home right, run yeah. Derby is just so slow, so and, boring, and that's a recurring thing. Like this game, to give you an idea of the speed of this game, when you pause the game. There's about a two-second, at least, mm-hmm. screen of black before it goes to the pause screen. It's basically a load screen for your pause screen. Yeah, we and timed it out. It was almost a full five seconds going back to it. Yeah, well, and, and then you want to unpause it. It was long enough that Steve's TV thought that there was no signal, and so it would <laughs> pop up one of the little overlay displays. Yeah, the little display in the top. with the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it kept doing that. I mean, we were trying to recreate. Weirdly, some players are not in here because we were trying to recreate the the Sosa Maguire thing. Yeah. Maguire's in here. Sosa's not. Um, mm. So I don't know if he was just Hashtag licensed out. Where's my Sosa? I mean, it could be he's on the cover of the next game, so maybe yeah. that's just why he wasn't in there. But, um, oof. yeah, this one was really rough to play. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, like, it, it, its mechanics are very, very simple, mm-hmm. but they don't work. Like, they're tr- they're not trying for much, and they're laggy. failing. Yeah. Very laggy. And it's not like these graphics are so good that they demand, like, all this. Like, they do these little weird robotic shuffles up to the plate. And at one point, there was a shadow coming off the pitcher. And I thought he was, I thought it was a logo for, like, a handicapped parking space. <laughs> because it looked that, it was that thin and, like, angular. And I'm just like, We're, okay, so this is parking lot ball and they're in a handicapped spot now? Like, it, it just looks like absolute garbage. And there's just a general established thing. Like, if you had been playing baseball games at a long time before you got here, there's just kind of a general established, like, graphic and control scheme for how these usually mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And this game just doesn't follow that well. Like, the pitcher seems... The camera's kind of offset to one side, and the pitching control is just weird. Yeah. And it doesn't seem, like... Similar to the animation of the players, when the ball gets thrown, it kind of feels like it's on a set almost fmv like animation style it doesn't look like it's sort of flowing naturally yeah and it leaves this like red streak well and like with with sports games i feel like graphics hold a little bit more weight because there are uh, literally hundreds of other games that do the exact same thing as this game and they look better and we don't know we don't know what the mushroom kingdom looks like in real life no no we know what a baseball game looks like in real life so it's very easy to tell when this doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just... Ugh. Yeah. I don't have much more about Strike Zone. Do we, we no. want to move on? This, this game is of a very low quality. Oh, like, yeah. It's no, just... It's trash. It, yeah. not, to, not to jump the gun, but this is the worst baseball game on this system, I yeah. think. Like, for me, worst one. Uh, oh, yeah. No, we've no had pretty price. good luck with baseball games so far, but this one's bad. Yeah, and I think... I mean, we'll get to the rankings later, but I had put the, the All-Star games that we played really low... No, no, even, no, not even like not even in the same, not even in the same league. <laughs> and again, like it's low because we ballpark. we hate you and make you play terrible games all the time. The pro- so. the, yeah, the programmers of this should have taken a strike zone. Yeah. And, and wished for better working conditions to make a better game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to our second game. Today, it's going to be Triple Play 2000. This was released March 28th, 1999, so they're liars already. Uh, (laughs) Developed by Treyarch and published by EA Sports, and this was also released on PlayStation and the Windows. 
So, uh, Treyarch, we all know they are the creators of Tony Hawk and Spider-Man and the Call of Duty series. Uh, but you don't hear much about their sports games as much. Uh, but they do have a few. Their very first one we played. You're saying web slinging is not a sport? Oh, I, I, not yet, but okay. I'm hoping. Like, <laughs> I hope it goes as big as Quidditch, at least. Uh, yeah, we, we have played one of them. Their very first game ever was Olympic Hockey Nagano 98, which was just a really like lazy port of Wayne Gretzky hockey. Oh, but, right. Yeah, but yeah. that was them. Um, and they, they have a couple of other hockey games, the NHL 2K games. They did a few of those. Um, and then pretty much they just switched right over to Call of Duty. I don't know why. Someone must yeah, have bribed them. Yeah, what uh, the heck? Why are you giving up on your hockey games just to go with a franchise that makes billions and billions of dollars every year? Why would you need that? Yeah. Why would you need that? Don't they know that money doesn't buy happiness? Has someone tried telling them that? Anyway, let's talk about our cover athlete. This time is Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa was such an integral part of what I think is probably the baseball story of the 90s. So I'm glad we actually get at least one opportunity to talk about this. So uh, Sammy Sosa was born in the Dominican Republic, uh, drafted to the Texas Rangers in 1989. He bounced around a lot, but he landed with the Chicago Cubs, and that's where he scored most of his illustrious career accomplishments. Uh, He was a right fielder and a power hitter. uh, And in 1998, he became the source of a national obsession. Uh, so he and it, it became pretty clear that this season someone was going to beat Roger Maris's all-time single-season home run record, which was 61, which he scored in 1961, appropriately enough. Uh, so Ken Griffey Jr. was looking possible, Sammy Sosa was looking possible, and Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire was uh, first, first baseman, I think, for the Cardinals. Yeah. Is that right? He was for the Cardinals. Um, and eventually Griffey... Um, kind of fell out of the competition and just became this very heated battle between Sosa and Maguire for who was going to break that record first. Well, and they both, over the course of that season, passed that record. Right? They both passed but the record. Maguire ended up getting total number of runs. That Ex- was exactly, yeah. I think Maguire got there first, uh, and then Sosa caught up. And then it, in the end, it was uh, Maguire 70 and Sosa 66. And then they those records fell to Barry Bonds not that long after. Right? Oh, yeah, no, well, not yeah. long all after. All three records have gigantic uh, juice asterisks They do. So that's the other story that more broke in the 2000s but is related to this sort of thing. Uh, all these athletes were... were has is, have we uh, has the tide turned on Ken Griffey or do we still? Uh... Oh, I guess we don't know about Griffey. Yeah, he's he's remained clean. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think from looking up, like we couldn't find anything. Like, I mean, I, I, I've I... done the research, but it's I also do just want to give the listening audience the the piece of information that we are pre- recording this podcast in Washington State. So mm. Yeah, there may well be some Griffey uh, bias, some state laws in place that we cannot. <laughs> question the greatness of Griffey. Oh, yeah. Well, his you were his talking face about... is on my driver's license yeah. for some reason. <laughs> you were talking about how you uh, lived in San Francisco, right? Yeah, and then... yeah. so I was in... I started watching baseball and started following baseball uh, in San Francisco, and, and it was when Bonds was... I mean, he, he was still a useful player to have on the team, um, but he didn't look like a human being anymore. <laughs> he certainly didn't look like he looked in the 90s when he was stealing bases, mm. uh, but you still... you. You could not bring up the topic of steroids. People who otherwise were intelligent, reasonable per- people would deny up and down that, that that there was any reason to think that he had been using drugs to change the way his body worked. That's how yeah. all bodies work, Dan. They just double in size just, over a couple years. Yeah. And it looks like, uh, like 
something that I could draw. Like, I don't have any artistic He's talent. like a Rob Liefeld character. Look, you have to keep in mind, he was bitten by several radioactive oh, spiders, radioactive you know. Spiders, it's yeah. a stacking effect, you know. Tobey Maguire wakes up and he's ripped, and, you know, then it just keeps happening. Mark oh, Maguire yeah. wakes up and is super ripped all the Toby time. Tobey Maguire? Mm. Mark Maguire's half-cousin. Oh, yeah. are they really? I no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I Maybe Tobey Maguire bit Mark Maguire. I'm afraid they, they, they spell and uh, write their names differently. Yeah, exactly. um, but yeah, so that that was just like, as a non-baseball watching person, you could not escape this. Uh, it was on every like late night thing. It was just like this huge, like national obsession for like the whole summer of 1998. Uh, we were vacillating between that and the the Clinton impeachment. So you know, mm-hmm. wild times. Um, yeah, but uh, Sosa has a big old asterisk on his record there, and he has still not been admitted into the Hall of Fame. He's really? been uh, nominated a couple times. I think the the you have to get five percent of the vote to continue to be eligible, and I think the last time he had like six percent. So it's kind of like he's kind of like borderline, mm-hmm. but it could potentially still happen for him. But a lot of this has to do with the doping allegations, and I don't know how much of this was proven or how much it's possible to prove. Yeah. But his his post uh, playing career, he retired in two thousand seven, and it's been a little strange. Um, so he's been mostly absent from the public, but. He did make a couple of public appearances in 2017, and his skin tone is significantly lighter. Like, mm. like he looks like a different person, huh. which some people were speculating might have been a side effect of steroids, because there are certain topical steroids that will change your skin color. Uh, Sosa himself claims he's just been using a bleaching cream, which is also a very, very loaded issue uh, for a lot of people, which has has led uh, other African-Americans to call him a racist uh, for wanting to bleach his skin. Uh, That's a very complicated issue that, like, I do not feel qualified to talk about, but it is something that's... It's just odd. It's just an odd direction for it to take. You can look at pictures of Sosa side by side, and they do not look like the same people like 20 years ago. It's pretty hard to believe that someone who was in that world at that time would not have been using steroids. I mean, I think we should just kind of go with the blanket blanket assumption that every player uses steroids all the time. There's also um, it's it's funny to think what they really should do um, in these complications of doping is they should just allow players to use whatever they want. And yeah. just get like some sort of cyborg muscle man. Yeah, just put it in a separate league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. have a have a have a spike Mute, knee. Mutant, this is what mutant league baseball is. Is it's, well, it's just well, real? <laughs> I mean, I, I this is all fun and all, but have you seen the episode of Dinosaurs where the older brother <laughs> dinosaur starts eating the little furry creature? I have juicing. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Cautionary tale. I don't know if they talked about his little dinosaur testicles shriveling up, but there were some side effects. I mean, those people did not work pants right the dinosaurs didn't wear pants yeah, i don't I think so we never see his testicles yeah so it's it's all internal too close they shrink know. his cloaca yeah <laughs> it was still in crt period so maybe just the the uh, the you know, i for the disney plus reboot of it. Yeah, i'm I mean, very curious the, if that show holds Trevor. up i watched that show a lot when i was younger i'm very curious if that holds up that can't be good right of course it doesn't hold up. come on it can't be <laughs> i just remember this show ends with all of them dying i think they got hit by a meteor at <laughs> they, the end, didn't they? it seriously ends with them like looking <laughs> at the snow the of nuclear of winter dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on it's been 65 million years people should know no anyway is it well, wait i have a question yeah is that the most off 
tangent conversation we've ever had. Impossible. Oh God! Is like Impossible. the extinction of the dinosaurs from the Sammy Sosa triple play well, no, game. Oh yeah, it's not that far off topic. I, okay. I thought that it was a. I thought it was a tight. No. A, a tight segue. It makes yeah. sense. I think you can dialogue this, or you can diagram this entire conversation, Perfect. and it lines up. Let's I got talk my about the board. I got my tax. I got my string. <laughs> you gotta get some red, red string. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this series a little bit. So the triple play series, appropriately enough, got three at bats before being struck out by history. <laughs> this was this was the first attempt and the only one to make it to the N64. It was followed by Triple Play 2001 and the confusingly dateless Triple Play Baseball in 2001. So mm. all confusing. Uh, according to the reviews of the time, the N64 version that we played today uh, is basically the worst way to go. IGN called the PS1 version one of the best baseball games of the era. Gave it like almost a perfect 10 on their review scores. Uh, but this one is not good. I no. think I want to play that because that's I'm completely dumbfounded to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I you told us that yeah. while we were playing the game, so... I'm very I'm curious. I'm acting right now that I'm surprised. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was not a good game. This does, yeah, this <laughs> was not close to a This does event. not no. feel like a bad port of a good game. It feels like a bad yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just kind of a mess. they made other games after this. One. And, like, I'm, I'm genuinely... I was genuinely surprised at how bad this game looks given the pedigree. Because the one thing yeah. I said before we popped it in was, like, all right, well, this is an EA sports game, so at least it's going to look good. It might yeah, not be that exciting. Sometimes EA games are boring, but their presentation is usually pretty good, and this is one of the worst presented EA games. It looks like, like garbage. Like the, the For some reason, there's zero texture in the grass or the dirt, so it looks just, like you're playing on it's asphalt. It's just a solid... There's not even any gradient or anything. It's just a solid color. Yeah. Like, it looked like it was maybe a graphical error. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just the way the game is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just... It, it's... It was shocking how ugly this is. Like the character models are a market improvement over the last game. Yes. Like I mean, he, like sure. not even close. Like it is, a, it is a weird situation of this is a very bad looking game, but we did just play a just a horrendously looking, looking game. Yeah, right before it, so it looks a little better. But yeah, this game does not look good. No, no, not at all. Um, this game uses the '99 roster, but only the uh, 1998 stats because they wanted the home run contest to be involved mm. in that. Um, the modes here are pretty basic. Once again, we get a single game, a season, and a home run derby. Uh, and yeah, like like I said, it's it's an EA Sports joint, so they have some level of presentation. Like I said, the character models aren't bad. They have vocal samples. Uh, play-by-plays are done by Jim Hewson and Buck Martinez, who were the voice of the Blue Jays. They have, um, um, they're pretty generous with the camera angles in this game, which mm-hmm. is something that you don't often see. Like, when you throw it to first base, it'll sort of cut and only show the first baseman catching the ball. Yeah. And it's cool it at okay. first... Um, but there's a couple situations where, like, the camera will just go wild. Like, you, you, we hit a foul ball, and it sort of zoomed way out and sort of... Into the other field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and sort of cut back and forth, and we're like, we have no idea where that foul ball went. Yeah. Well, we, had a, we had, like, a, a, a long hit that uh, you couldn't you couldn't see the player, that the fielder that was being controlled. Yes, it that's was, right. It was too I tight. saw, like, the arrow, but then the camera was to yeah. my center fielder, even though I was controlling the right fielder. I was confused because, like, when you, when you hit... There, there is like an arrow reticle that's coming off of your outfielders, but they're all pointed towards the plate. And I wasn't, I think that just made it a little confusing for me. Like, that, am I supposed to be running in that direction? What's, what's going on? Like, towards the ball might have made a little bit of sense. Towards the ball. Yeah. Like most, most of the time, and this has this too, but there'll be like a target on the field where you see where it's roughly mm-hmm. going to land and you just need to get your player under it. Uh, and this, this had that, but like it also had that weird, like Donnie Darko thing coming out of your chest, you know, like, 
and I don't know why it was pointed towards the batter. Yeah, there's just a lot of things in this game that we really never figured out. Like, it's weird how, I mean, we played already seven baseball games for the show by the time we played this. Mm. And this one just, like, felt like a mystery because there were so many weird things. Like, you'll connect with the ball even though it seemed like it clearly had gone past your bat. Sometimes it would make, like, the whiffing sound effect, and you would still hit the ball. I suspected that's because we had set it at the lowest difficulty, so the game was, like, giving us a lot of... Mm. um, Giving us, like, a little fudge factor or something. But it still didn't feel right, and conversely, there was a time where... I hit the ball past your shortstop clearly, yeah, and then he caught it. All the way to the outfield, <laughs> and then it just said out, and my shortstop had it somehow. Yeah. I, it, it didn't make sense. It, like, this is a game that gives you a lot of information. The last game was very spare in its presentation, so there weren't any like on-screen HUDs, really, or, or detailed menus. This one has a lot of information. Anytime you press pause, you get all the stats, you get all, everything. You can fine-tune this down to the slightest degree. But it still just doesn't make sense. The graphics have a weird sort of see-through, like, green hue kind the option menu, which looks odd. Yeah, it's kind of matrixy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that that level of fine control on the options is is fun. And I'm sure if you're if you're, you know, 15 years old and you're playing with it or whatever. It, mm. It could make sense why you might play around 15 with that. Fifteen-year-olds love in-depth options. That's what it's happened in every boy's life. I don't life. know what to tell you. This, you start this it. You start at fourteen, and you don't care about options. <laughs> yeah. But once you hit fifteen, and you like, suddenly there are options everywhere. Know, it's like you never noticed them before. You want to know that those options play out in <laughs> there are options real, growing the where game. there weren't any options before. <laughs> <laughs> there are other options in the sea. Yeah. I know. I don't know. I got nothing. So yeah, yeah. The, I don't just even the like the core baseball mechanics here. Like this game did feel sort of better and more like a real game that effort was put in. More effort was put in than the last one we played. Yeah, which just felt like a throwaway. But this game, still the mechanics were really bad. Like yeah. trying to choose the pitching options, you would just press the C button um, to choose what pitch you want to make. Also. I've probably said this before, but it's just so hard to tell which direction a C button is because they're like equilateral triangles. So a left a tri- equilateral triangle pointing left looks the same as a triangle pointing up. Well, and in this game, they, all the buttons were kind of blurry, too. Yeah. So it just looked like four buttons and they're not necessarily laid out where you would think they but are. We, we could never figure out how to actually control where your pitch went. You we, know, we you threw could the control, pitch. You could you could choose what kind of pitch yeah. a curveball or a fastball or whatnot so many times we managed to throw behind the player yeah yes that will go to the one positive thing that i will say about <laughs> oh this my game. god this yeah. game has fantastic beaning animations and oh. sound it's a straight <laughs> oh. cowbell sound like clang. it is a donk sound <laughs> whenever you get hit doesn't matter where you get hit because so uh the first bean was in the head. Some you and it hit was, it in the was head. A, it was on the top of the head, and it looked really good. It like yeah. curved over and then hit, yeah. hit he, my player on the top. He of the collapsed. Head. It's the it's that sort of thing is the reason why you need to have some sort of button to press for a replay. Yes, yes. Mostly like that's the one time. Usually they give you a replay when you don't want it. Yeah. 
But this time, it seemed to be responding to where we hit them because I also beamed yeah. somebody in the shin, and they they react as if they got hit in the shin. I got I got beamed right in the groin, and it made it did make the hilarious Kong sound Doink. again. Boom. I do appreciate the idea that they the designers spent so much time like no if he's hit in the midsection he's, he needs to double over yeah if he gets hit in the head he needs to fall backward like that that is the sort of thing that they spent their time on instead of. Oh, oh, the hit detection's really bad. Like yeah. it looked like the ball went in the outfield, but it was caught by the short. It's like stop. it's like hockey games that put so much effort into the fighting mechanic. Yeah, yeah it's like, like we, we know, appreciate this touch, but you gotta start. You gotta start with the core. Yeah, yeah, we 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 know the appeal here. Uh, yeah, no, this this one was a really baffling, confusing thing. Like, and yeah, again with the menus. The first menu you see is like bright green with bright yellow, and then the logo they just reduced it to TP, which is not immediate. I do not immediately no. think triple play. Actually, I just got that right now. <laughs> yeah. You said that. I didn't know what that TP was. This okay. Whole time. See, yeah. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, I, that's not the, my immediate thought. And so you see TP and this was uh, the first game in the series. So it's not so well established. It's like, Oh, time to boot up TP and then yeah. <laughs> hey, some... come over and play some TP. <laughs> come on. No, I look, okay. it's, it's got the great Dick bean mechanics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, uh, do we have anything else about triple play? Oh, uh, just uh, we were talking about the menu system. I just uh, just a general complaint uh, mm. from someone who is colorblind. Uh, uh, it's a thing that should not impact your life very much because it doesn't really matter. Uh, but God damn it, if your menu system, if I can't tell what thing is selected, it was you've gr- done it wrong. Green, green text, and then the one that's selected is a slightly more yellow text, and you just like, come on, just put a box around it or something. But like, like that's bigger. That's, I mean, you say it like, like, but that that is something that like I know graphic designers, I know like designers and game developers. It's like this is what they are trained yeah. to keep in mind. Like you want to make the your thing as accessible menu, as possible. Yeah. Some of the options were a smaller font than the other options, yeah, which is yeah. something I've never seen in oh, a game. Okay. Well, until the next one when they, they fucking did that again, just <laughs> to like give me a hernia. <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk about that. So the bottom of the ninth was released April fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Developed and published by Konami, and it was also released on PlayStation and Saturn. Uh, so Konami has a long track record of success with their uh, Power Pro series of baseball games over in Japan, but those haven't really come over here, um, and they they never really found any other kind of foothold. So like weirdly, Konami does not do a lot of sports games in general. But baseball well, now games. Now Konami know. does not do a lot of any video games in general. Now they just make slot machines. Is that all they're doing now? Well, oh. they just they really they release like Contra collections. They do collections of old mm. stuff. Okay. It's like they're not making Metal Gear. They're not making Castlevania. Like Silent they, Hill. They got rid of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Designing these games is too much effort. I think most of their money comes from like rehashing old stuff and making slot machines. That is such a bummer. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought I'm about it, it, but Konami I have Konami has really fallen apart. Yeah, I haven't seen a Konami game in a while. Yeah, yeah I haven't even thought about it. The casino, I guess. Oh, I guess I do. Uh, or, or the Pajinko parlor. Um, so our cover athlete this time is Juan Gonzalez, uh, who is a two-time MVP for the Texas Rangers. Uh, he was one of the more powerful hitters of the early 90s, but his career has kind of been completely overshadowed by scandal. Uh, Jose Canseco name-checked him in his very trashy memoir, Juiced, colon, Wild Times, Rampant Roids, Smash Hits, and How Baseball Got Big. We really need uh, Jose Canseco as a guest for oh, our podcast. That guy's wild, <laughs> yeah. man. He's always interesting to listen to. He's such like a weirdo. 
Um, but well, in, don't say that, Steve. He won't be a guest on our podcast. Uh, you know, I feel like I feel like he's one of those guys like Tom Arnold who just kind of likes to talk and will be super <laughs> honest about everything because <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Uh, yeah, but in, in that book, Conseco recalls an incident where the team manager confiscated a bag of pills from Gonzalez's locker. Now, Gonzalez claimed that the pills weren't his and that they also weren't steroids. Uh, but it's Isn't that the argument that the the brother on Seventh Heaven used when he, <laughs> they found a joint in his back. I was holding it for some. I'm just holding it. Yeah, it, it was mine. It's the bad girl wearing the leather jacket at school. Oh, it was, but that was actually what like was it? No, that was that happened in Full House. I know that happened in okay. Full House. But it could who, be seven heaven. Who are these people that are asking people to hold on to their drugs for them? What is that? <laughs> no one did that. Although my sister totally pulled that move. Oh, yeah. Like when she was like sixteen and my mom found a joint, she she pulled the same move. It's not mine, it's my friend. I was just holding on to it. It's like, yeah, bullshit. Come on. Uh my parents grew up now in the seventies. Now who's they the know. name checker, Steve? Oh, I'm name checking my mom and my sister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't get a lot of juice. <laughs> I met my own family. <laughs> Not to brag or anything, but I got an in with my dad. Uh <laughs> call anytime he will pick up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, no, they they'll do anything. Um, but yeah, it, it is speculated that, uh, some of the suspicions about steroids have kept him out of the hall of fame, even though his stats are probably at a level like Sammy Sosa hmm. where he should qualify, but, uh, yeah, not so much. And I think he's just kind of fallen by the wayside. I think he's, uh, been out of the game for like 20 years now. Um, anyway, the series, this is, uh, an updated version of bottom of the ninth, which is an arcade game from 1989. Uh, wow. that game had some pretty cutting edge graphics for the age and it was, it was pretty unusual because it was kind of a straightforward baseball sim that you played in the arcade. That is odd. Oh. It's very odd, and it didn't really take in off. The series between eighty, like, was there a ten-year gap between the two? There was. Yeah, well, technically seven-year. Okay, so the the bottom of the ninth series, uh, yeah, they they tried it in the arcade. It didn't work, and then in 1996, they developed the PlayStation and Sega mm. Saturn versions. For some reason, it took three years for that port to get to the N64. That's been a um, recurring theme that we've learned, is that N64 ports take a long time. Well, it's it's a famously hard system to develop for. Uh, that was that was a constant problem. That's why Square stayed away. That's why a lot of different developers stayed away, because, yeah, the, the Nintendo 64 was hard to develop for, and those big, chunky cartridges weren't much fun to produce either, so... Uh, yeah, so uh, this this kind of gave them the opportunity to uh, kind of rebrand, you know, like uh, nobody remembered Bottom of the Ninth, so they're just kind of starting fresh as if it's a new game. Uh, most reviewers at the time didn't even bother with this N64 port, like no one even looked at it, but it did sell well. It sold about a quarter of a million copies on the N64, so mm-hmm. I don't know why we never saw any more of it, but that's that's been the end of it. Uh, so for gameplay and modes here, this game uh, has a full roster, more than 300 MLB players, but it did not get the right to any team. So our teams here are just like Anaheim and Chicago A and Chicago B. And like... <laughs> well, Chicago A and Chicago N. Oh. The, the American and National Leagues. Okay, that's so they, right. They yeah. are based on the actual teams, but it's so weird to see the word Anaheim uh I like to imagine they don't even call themselves the NIA. I wish they just made up. And people have little foam hands that say Chicago N, Chicago N. Come on, N's, let's bring it, bring the D N's. Yeah, Uh, but it, yeah, I wish that they would just like make up teams. Yeah, like you know the the Houston golly. Golly wags. Golly booby doos. I don't know. <laughs> Give them little logos. The Knickerbockers. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It does Is that taken? like a made up team name. It does, it does. <laughs> Um, yeah, there, there's a, we got a, I think this is the more feature rich game we've played. Um, 
Well, let, yeah, let's let's dive into it. So it opens with a still shot of a baseball player that I don't think was actually Juan Gonzalez. No, it, we, we weren't sure at the start. And then when you go into the different option menu, it actually switches between yeah. the player displayed um, yeah, in the yeah. background menu. They had some high-quality photo scans mm-hmm. of people's faces, including... Um, Griffey, who of course you just he's so you just want to you just want to pinch his cheek. Do you think it was an in memoriam? Were all these players dead? (laughs) Some of them have a like a real sort of sepia tone feel to it, which was fun. Yeah, and it was like cycling through like we were supposed to be wiping a tear or something. I I feel like that's kind of an aesthetic that maybe like a baseball game could capitalize on now is like going to like a real old timey feel. Yeah, yeah, and like just get like. Does the MLB Players Association still own licenses for dead players? Like, I you think, don't know, uh, actually. I wonder if you could just, like, have, like, you get, like, all these rosters from, like, the 1890s. Oh, yeah. And have oh. you get Babe Ruth and... Uh, Hiram Buttermaker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Best oh, player yeah. for the Joe Jackson New York Racists from oh, 1902. <laughs> I don't know what the teams were yeah, called. Yeah, as, as, as bad as it is to see the... What, what is the name of the, the mascot for the Indians? The big clowny... It, he's chief, it's just Big is Chief. Is Chief Wigwam? Or Big Chief, chief Wampum. Or oh. something. Or, oh, or yeah. something like that. So as bad as that is... We're all just shouting out racist things to try and name this racist mascot right now. (laughs) But yeah, no, it just, yeah, it it was, I'm sure, what much worse in the 19th century. Oh, it had to be. Uh, Well, actually, I don't know. Things are pretty shitty right now. Anyway, uh, yeah, bottom of the ninth, right off the bat, uh, 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 the game looks much better. Uh, Nice, crisp color. Grass looks like grass. Dirt looks like dirt. It still um, doesn't look great. No. Um, in the scope of it, the other good baseball games we played, but I did okay. actually appreciate that you guys plugged in the the All Star just just for point of reference. Yeah. God, what a, what the what a difference a good looking game makes. Big difference. Big but yeah, difference. At, at least with this one, you could like you could see the mowing lines in the grass, and it yeah, looked like they had taken some time to put some texture on the running dirt. They oh. have they display digitized pictures of the players in mm-hmm. game, so you can see like a little mustache picture of your pitcher. Yeah. A lot of pitchers have mustaches. They do. That's um, a thing. There is one thing I realized we forgot to mention about Triple Play, and that is it had maybe the worst crowd animation I've seen <laughs> in any in Nintendo 64 game. There are no good crowd animations on Nintendo 64 at all, but this might have been the worst. Like, I honestly think it might be a, a magic eye. Like, I think you can look at it with your eyes crossed and, like, a sailboat will appear. Was that, was that the one where the... Um, y- when you from a certain angle you could see just sort of the modeled background but then the first row of people yes they tried to to render that what why why, if you're not going to put any effort into it don't put any effort into it exactly see bottom being terrible bottom of the ninth i couldn't tell you what the crowd looks like and i think that's Mm -hmm, for the better because it really doesn't matter and they're not going to look good but you don't want to be distractingly bad uh and bottom of the ninth is not that no uh um Right off the bat, it plays a little better. I keep saying right off the bat, like it's not even intentional. Uh, yeah, it plays much better. So you do have, uh, similar to the Griffey games, you have like a, a ball reticle that moves inside like a, a pitch field. And then you also have a, a bat reticle and you have to try and like time it out. It's um, a much simpler interface. It kind of feels more arcadey. Yeah. That's, that's what we want. And it's really, it's not too simple, um, like, which you're always worried about when you have two big icons, like, it's like, oh, well, obviously I'll just stop it right there, because you can mix it up and you have a good amount of control over where you're aiming it. The, yeah. I think the pitch mechanic of this game is you, when you press A, to, so you press A and the directional pad to choose a pitch, 
but there's not really a menu that tells you what no. direction it corresponds to each pitch. None so of you, these games were very good about giving you the the indicators for how it's played. Yeah. No, no. Th- thankfully, was this, this game, one that, that had the practice. Yes, mode, this though. game does have a training mode where you can practice fielding, batting, or pitching, yeah. which was very welcome just to sort of get a break to sort of understand how the interface works. Yeah. Uh, this also had like a yeah. There was a home run derby again. What, what else? What was the new there was, feature? There's so the there's scenario. Tra- yeah, there's a trade yeah. mode where you can just probably alter the rosters before you play with your team. But yeah, then there's the scenario mm-hmm. which we've seen in a couple NFL games. Um, and what this is, it'll take like famous moments mm-hmm. in MLB history, like the one that I pulled up was like it's the bottom of the ninth inning. You're Ken Griffey Jr. Um, there's two outs and your team, the Mariners are down by two. Yeah. It's like, now you got to win the game. And so a lot of this is just sort of like, keep restarting until you, Mm -hmm. until you get runs, but it's still really, it's still a cool feature and they do a really good job of giving the context for what it is. Yeah. In yeah, there's the some sort thinking. of text explaining it. I think it's hard in a sports game to create a, a game mode that's any different from all the other sports games that are just yeah. like that. Yeah, and and we've seen that scenario mode in other games, oh, yeah. like but Madden. How, they did. I don't that. think we've like, seen it in any other baseball. Game. I don't believe so. No, so. it's it's been in yeah, it's been in football and hockey, but and basketball too, I think. But yeah, it hasn't been in uh, in baseball. And so really, they got it, that bottom of the ninth has it. because in a lot of ways, baseball is sort of the game that's most associated with like those key moments, yeah. like when someone is down two outs and like up to the plate, and so it's it, it's really actually a, it is a pretty cool feature. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, this one also had a trade feature, which yeah. is, I think, the first time I've seen a dedicated trade. And I think that that's just basically a roster editor. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of these games require, like, a lot uh, to save. Um, like, you pretty much need a whole controller pack if you want to save. With Mike Piazza game, you needed two. You needed one controller pack if you wanted to do a custom team, and then another one if you wanted to save your season. They're really assuming that people are really committed to that game. Oh, that yeah. They would play even one full game. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine anybody like playing a full game of that. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. But I can't imagine playing all of Bottom of the Ninth. Uh, yes. Bottom of the Ninth is pleasant. Uh, it's, I would say, like it's a step below the All Star Baseball games, which were just very polished and, uh, but still like well below the Ken Griffey games. Yeah. Uh, but this one is not bad. This was not bad. Uh, I think maybe we're being overly generous because we're coming off of a couple of real, real strikeouts. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I kind of like Bottom of the Ninth. Yeah, I agree. And I guess, I guess, yeah. Should we move on to the ratings? I think we can. Here? Yeah, there's not much more to say about this. Uh, so each week we are ranking the different games. We have played. We're well over 200 at this point, so we're gonna we're gonna mix them up. Uh, who wants to start us off? Uh, I'll start since cool. you basically just gave away. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Baseball ranking. So, uh, yeah, I haven't uh, reviewed, of course, as many games as you all, uh, but uh, right at the bottom of my list were the three All Star games, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, at the very bottom was Star Wars Battle for Naboo, mm-hmm. the worst game based on a terrible movie. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's probably true. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm putting these above Battle for Naboo because because <laughs> you didn't I, have to watch the Phantom Menace to play these. Oh, I forgot that you guys made me watch that. Yeah, movie. yeah. We presented you with the option, and you accommodated. And chose to I told you that I was going to complain the whole time, and so you did. But that yeah, made, the, no, you that did, made you did. the movie better. Yeah, and then for I complained sure. During the podcast as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, these uh, all three of these I'm putting under All Star and above Battle for Naboo. Um, 
uh, just in the order, bottom of the ninth uh, was the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, then triple play, and then the Mike Piazza one really was bad. But yeah. honestly, I would play that before I would ever play Battle for Naboo again. Wow, okay, um, okay. That's them yeah. fighting words for Battle of Naboo. Oh, no, I'll I'll fight, yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll get into a big green field and drive around in a tiny vehicle and fight them. Uh, uh, I'll go ahead and go next. Yeah, please. Um, uh, yeah, at the bottom of the list is the Mike Piazza game, which I'm putting at number 199, Ooh. which is right under the Mia Ham game. Ooh, they're, kind so. of, they're kind of peas in a pod of just sports games that just look horrendous and don't play right. Yeah, they sure do. Um, Triple Play 2000 was also pretty terrible. In some ways, it almost felt like it played worse than Mike Piazza because I couldn't quite get a handle on the mechanics. No. But it looks so much better. It looks like a real game. But that's going at 192, which was right under Quarterback Club 2000, which was the very bad Quarterback Club game we played. Sports clustering. Yeah. Yeah. Usually do that. Um, But bottom of the ninth is the new number 9.9 on my list. Oh. No, no, it's not. It's going at the bottom of the number nine. That was a stupid joke. It didn't work. Um, I'm putting it at number 144, which is right under Doom 64. Again, that we could barely see, but I still would... Yeah, Doom 64, in theory, a good game, but impossible to see. Yeah, Um, execution was a little off on that one. Yeah, I guess I remember that. I I haven't played... On the N64, but it's... We uh, might revisit Doom 64 in some random setting because that game is kind of... is coming out on the Switch randomly. Oh, really? Weird. So, uh, yeah, yeah, bottom of the ninth was good. Um, It's just a weird thing of, like, for the baseball games on this system, like, the Griffey games were the most fun. You could argue that, like, All-Star Baseball is a better simulation. Yeah. So if you're into that, like, that might be a better way to go. But, like, I don't know the situation where you make bottom of the ninth the game you get yeah. unless you're really excited about that scenario mode yeah yeah which I, i'm sure has been in newer baseball games and done better oh i'm sure yeah i mean i, I don't want to look into it but i i, I believe it <laughs> yeah. i believe it uh what, what is podcasting if not making random assumptions just, about just things? throw them out into the yeah. world and someone will make a podcast about it it's mm-hmm. fine uh, so for me, yeah, I'm going to be echoing a lot of what y'all heard just now. Mike Piazza's game was the worst for me. That's going at number 191, and that's below WCW Nitro, which I think is our lowest rated wrestling, wrestling game. game. Um, triple well, play. Really more of a entertainment. Oh, sports yes. Sports entertainment. Sports entertainment. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's very dynamic. I feel like I'm back in third grade <laughs> with this argument. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Oh, it's real. <laughs> Um, for triple play, yeah, also pretty bad, uh, but slightly better than Mike Piazza. I'm putting that at number 175, which is going to be underneath Deadly Arts, a fighting game I don't remember. <laughs> and finally, bottom of the ninth is uh, the best of this crop, and it's actually, you know what, it's cracking the top 100 for me. Oh, not right. by oh, much, God, not by much, but it's uh, it's going to be my new number 96, which is right above the Madden games. Okay. Uh, so so you, we, we, we have assessed, we're going to have to do a ranking of sport. We've definitely assess that you enjoy baseball games much more than much much more much much more and you know what i was thinking about like i think the sport with the best track record on the n64 tennis yeah there are two tennis games they're both fun (laughs) there you go (laughs) golf we can't say that (laughs) but tennis yeah tennis killed it bowling games nope bowling nope nope bowling might have the worst (laughs) that might that was a that was a three for three one fun bowling game on the system that's three strikes but in the baseball sense snowboarding there's a lot of good snowboarding games on the system right yes yeah yeah there are a decent amount of snowboarding i guess we're thinking more of the traditionally competitive sports. sports yeah i guess 
Uh, well, great. We have some letters here. We have some amazing letters. Uh, Y'all wrote some very long ones this week, so I, I am going to spread these out. Uh, we have one very long one that we're going to read next week, but this other long one, uh, I got to read it because it's amazing. Um, so hi to everyone there. Hello. Hello. My um, mate James contacted you a few podcasts ago saying that I was the guy in China who listened to you and recommended it to Ooh. him. Uh, I live in China with my wife. You've probably heard of the Wuhan flu or coronavirus, oh, yes. and different countries deal with it differently. As Taiwan has a functioning democratic system, James is allowed to saunter around annoying people outside, while my wife and I have been locked inside like Asian versions of Rapunzel. One of us is allowed out of the apartment block once every three days for shopping only oh. with temperature checks at both ends of the journey. Wow. But other than that, we're inside. It seems like this for the vast majority of the population. It's been okay. There's been a lot of TV, reading, working from home, and video games. There's also a lot of joking that there will be a lot of coronavirus babies in nine months' time. <laughs> um, oh. people well, from I'm glad they have a sense of humor about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, people from our apartment building can visit each other as long as we don't leave the building, and we're a pretty cosmopolitan crew. There's a Mongolian couple, a Russian guy, Japanese couple, and even some French people. Together, we've been emulating game ROMs and playing them on a projector, and Whoa. some of the best received have been some N64 games, mm -hmm. although played with a mix and match of N Xbox controllers. Perhaps surprisingly, N64 games have gone down a lot better than some of the Switch games and a lot better than Fortnite. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of video game talk when we all play together, but the universal thing is that no one who is Chinese has heard of the IQ system, that Chinese-only okay. N64 version which is mentioned sporadically. Uh, checking Wikipedia, it came out in 2003, but no one whom I'd expect to know about it knows anything, so it seems like it wasn't a big seller. Then again, China China doesn't have a long memory for things which happen in China, as blank looks you get when you mention June fourth, nineteen eighty nine, may attest. Mm. Oof. Yeah, don't um, don't search for that on whatever the the Google the, the Google version is in China. Yeah. Uh, so a Japanese guy who lives in the building, Toru, told us that uh, of a game called Go by Train, which was Japanese only, but lets you conduct a train around famous voyages of Japan. I think we talked about it a little bit on the Hey You Pikachu okay. episode because it lets you use the microphone. Ah, uh, he said I, that the I love a train simulator. I love this idea. Yeah, it's so good. It's just a whole different idea of what a game is. Oh I was yeah, playing Farming Simulator recently, and it's just like my little brother's obsessed with that. Yeah, it's. It's fun, but it's a whole different kind of fun. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's not fun in the traditional sense. Oh, yeah. It's more fun in the quiet sleeping That's sense. Right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so this game, uh, Go By Train, which was Japanese only, but lets you conduct a train around famous voyages of Japan. He said that the game came with a controller shaped like a train cockpit, but he had to get rid of it as he realized he'd die alone if he kept it. He said <laughs> it was a lot more fun than you'd expect. Let's hope so. So to top all that off, thank you for giving me something to listen to while I pace our spare room endlessly. Keep up the good work and rock on. And that's from Jono and Rainey in Tianjin. And P.S. A hearty good day to James and Candace in Kaohsiung. Whoa. Awesome letter. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope you guys are safe and oh, healthy. Yeah. Uh, take care of each other. Sounds like you're, uh, you're, you're on top of it and making the best out of the situation. Uh, That's you, a, that, that is an amazing letter. Like I feel, I feel, yeah. I feel blessed to be doing a dumb video game podcast and hear like that kind of reporting from the front. Oh fuck yes. yeah, that's amazing! And best believe, I immediately got on eBay and ordered a train controller. So oh, that's really? coming. <laughs> oh yes, we're gonna play with a train controller when yeah. that, as soon as that arrives. <laughs> it may not. I don't know. It may not work. I'll have to find the game too. But I have the controller coming yeah, if nothing else. IQ system. 
Uh, so thank you. They also sent some uh, uh, listener questions that we can uh, uh, read out during the racing game episode. Oh, so wonderful. I will save those for them. But Johnny, Jono and Rainey, uh, yeah, be safe. Uh, I hope yeah. you guys are doing well. And thank you so much for writing in. Um, I hope oh. you're going to be able to get out of your apartment complex soon. Yes, yes, very soon. Um, we have another letter here. Hi, Steve. Howdy, Woody. Check your boots for snakes lately. Ah, oh, hilarious. Have you? Have I you? did that all the time growing up. It didn't scar me internally. <laughs> uh, Smash Bros. was definitely a favorite for my brother and I. We liked playing co-op against the AI, mostly. Sure. Uh, it was a good way to fill time with the time matches. If we had 10 minutes to kill, we would do a 10-minute match. Mm-hmm. I tried that recently, and it is way, way too long. Yeah. Uh, can you guys show me a move with a Captain Falcon impression? He's one of my favorites. Does anybody have a Captain Falcon impression? Well, first off, I don't think he said "show me a move" in the N sixty four one, right? Does like, he? I don't no, think I don't think. He, I don't think game. he. No, that's true. Show me a move. Show me a the, move. Show me a move. Falcon punch. That's the one I know. Falcon I don't know. Kick. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it right. I, Show I, me a move. I, We're all looking at Dan. And Dan's, Dan's just like I have not played any Smash. Also, I was not addressed in this letter. It was Woody and Steve. Oh, it's true. Yeah, you didn't get it. Sometimes people will throw in and guest. Much appreciated for those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now, since that wasn't put in, you're no, not no, going to treat like them with a. I don't have standing. Your Falcon no, no. impression. Uh, yeah, um, Falcon is Falcon is the only real character in Smash Brothers that anyone would have an imitation of, right? Like it would be a very odd person to walk around and do his Ganondorf imitation. Oh yeah. Noises. Yeah, but again, it would be very eight, odd if eight. somebody was doing their Kirby imitation for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one's specifically for Woody. Oh, wow. Um, uh, So actually, that's how the letter starts. This is specific to Woody. Uh, When did you go to Magic Camp? I'm trying to remember the specific year I went. I'm thinking 99, though 2000 is possible. I had almost the exact same experience as you did in that I spent way more time playing Smash with everyone than doing the point of the thing, playing Magic. I'm curious if we might have gone the same one. It would be kind of a wild coincidence. And that's from John, who also expressly said I didn't have to read this on the air, but I wanted to. I thought thought that was charming. Um, Yeah, uh, my memory is not for a specific year, but I believe the set Urza's Legacy had just come out, um, which I believe was like 90... No, it would be later than 97. It might have been like 99. So, yeah, um, you yeah. guys might have been there the all, same time. All I can time. remember is that Urza's Legacy just came out. And I imagine that playing Smash Brothers didn't have multiple years of shelf life. So, so. Yeah, and you... you been, I didn't realize you've been playing Magic that long. So that's I, since I, you were yeah, a little I kid. I've been playing yeah. Magic very long. Oh, I thought this was like Rabbit Out of a Hat. No, Magic. it's Magic the Gathering. Um... It's, what, what was I going to say? Oh, I totally blanked on what mm. I was going to say. Oh, I was also very young when I went, so I was probably like a little wiener kid mm. that if I was there with you, Not like I was... all those people. Mm. <laughs> Not like all those well, people in the Magic I'm Academy. saying that they, they were like developed into like, you know, irritating like teens. Mm. I was like 11. You maybe. weren't quoting Monty Python yet? No, definitely not. Yeah. I was just nervous and wanted to go home and be with my mom. <laughs> uh, all right, one last one for today. Uh, hey, everyone who may happen to be there. There, that there we go. There we this go. one's for yeah, you. That one's specific. For, specifically for, for Dan. Uh, Cameron Collins here. I was actually in the room with Jordan Collins when y'all recorded the Melee Patreon episode. No question, just words of encouragement to keep up the great work. Also, I lied. I have a question. <laughs> what is your favorite custom rule set in Smash Brothers? And that's from Cameron. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't really mess with the custom rules that much. I will go in and turn off some of the weapons, especially yes. in, like, uh, uh, Melee and Beyond, because... Well, the hammer is so overpowered in Smash, you 
want to maybe turn that off. Oh, see, I like that. I like the challenge of trying to evade it. Yeah, and I also true. like getting the hammer and fucking everybody up. Um, I turn off the fan generally. Oh, like, I love the fan. See, the fan is just like a little weak, slappy thing. Um, I'm definitely a stock player more than yeah. time because I'm not a monster. I also t- I usually turn off anything that gives you health back because yeah. I find that to be irritating. Um, the mode set that I like to do is similar to like License to Kill in uh, Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. You set the percentage up high or like double damage for everyone so you know you're just knocking people all over the place yeah yeah you you can get more chaotic and be like high items and double damage and then people just go flying and that's a fun way to play time do do you remember which game added the uh, level editor was that melee no melee did not have okay so it was probably brawl then um i just i remember we (laughs) my my roommate made a level where it's just like a solid brick wall covering like the left and right and the top and then you can only get in through a, a like a clear path platform in the bottom and you could just do as much damage as humanly possible to each other in there mm. because the blocks are never going to break and you can't get out unless you want to so we were just kind of testing the threshold of everybody's like pain and then step out and like kick them and then they go flying <laughs> just like one minor kick or a blow on them and they'll fly away that was the the, the goal was to kill someone with the luigi taunt oh yeah he would sort of give this tiny little kick yes there, i think i don't know if it was true or not but the, there was a let the myth was that if you hit time someone just right it would send them flying oh even right at a low percentage yeah oh yeah i remember that okay yeah i don't think that i can't believe that works but yeah I, it's very hard to set up yeah well, that's all we got for now. Uh, we are going to save some of the letters for next week. So, so uh, many if you keep it going. Keep them going. Letters, we love it. Letters are such a relief from having to play boring slash bad <laughs> games. Yeah, it's definitely, and it's it's uh, it's definitely very nice to hear from everybody. We've been loving that. Um, yeah, so keep them going. We can send everything to ultra sixty four podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, that's kind of where all of our stuff is. Uh, uh, page, uh, Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, email. Our Patreon is ultra64. Dot, or, uh, fuck, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. I would really like to know, Steve, about hmm. some of the games that you played that had the worst graphics that we've played over the last few. Good news. There's an episode out on the Patreon right now where we discuss exactly that. Well, what about if I wanted to know, like, the weirdest game or the game that's only fun to play for an hour? Do you discuss these things, too? Oh, this you poor like dumb slut. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. It's all in that same episode because we gave out awards to our favorite games of the last 200 games or the last 100 games that we played. Uh, which is the second awards episode we did. And we also have a bunch of other stuff on there. Like we talked about the Home Improvement Super Nintendo game. We've talked about Battletoads. We've talked about Eternal Darkness, you know? To be fair, you guys talk about Battletoads a lot. We sure do. Any podcast that I'm on is inevitably going to get back to the Super Mario Brothers movie or Mm -hmm. Battletoads. It's true. It's true. 3% Battletoad content. At least, at least. Um, So yes, check that out. Patreon.com slash Ultra64Pod. Yeah, we'd love to see you. We've got a a lot of great stuff and more stuff coming all the time uh so yes thank you uh thank you dan for being back once again always a delight to have you and we will have you play a good game one of these days speaking of which dan we have one coming up that might interest you if you'd like to come on because we are going to be talking about star wars rogue squadron you know how you love battle for naboo and this is kind of like that but like better probably i hope yes we'll see i have not actually played this game i played the sequel on gamecube i like that one a lot i know it's a well-loved game yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. to come in for a game that um 
is favored to do well. And you know what? This is the last of our four Star Wars games on the podcast, so this may be your last chance to talk about Star Wars or hear it talked about on a podcast. This we, may be I it. I do bring it up a lot. It's kind of my battle toes. <laughs> <laughs> People often say that. Like, yeah, it's no longer that was my Everest. It's this is my battle toes. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, uh, for, for hanging out with us here in the old bullpen. Uh, we're going to kick some dust off of our umpires here and run around a baseball man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know sports. Good night, everybody. was being born. Marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. Fella, the scooter, the barber, and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Well, Casey was winning, Hank Aaron was beginning, one Robbie going out, one coming in. Kiner and Midget Goodell, the Thumper and Mel Parnell. Mike was the only one winning down in Washington.